Hello, and welcome back to Dollars and Dragons. Today we have Katie Osaurus. If you'd like to introduce yourself to the podcast. Uh, my name is Kate Osborne. I go by Katie Osaurus on all of the internets where I am an ADHD educator, a mental health and disability advocate, and I play a weird amount of TTRPGs. You do play a lot of TTRPGs. How many shows are you in right now? You know, it was actually really funny um, because uh, my friend Jay just posted uh, on their uh, tic- or on their Twitter like a, this beautiful infographic of like how many you know shows they had been in, and I was like, I have no idea. I have no idea. I have no idea how many I've done. I didn't count. I didn't think to count. And now I'm like, okay, 2023. Here we go. We're gonna start keeping track. I know I can quantifiably say that right now I'm actively playing or scheduled to play in about. 27 games for 2023 so far 27 games okay. not all at once though that's that would be that'd be a lot right those <laughs> a lot that many one shots already yeah, yeah well a lot of them are like um like charity appearances okay. and you know like stuff like that so it's so it's it's like a mix of like longer ones and then also like you know people will ask me to like show up for like charity games and stuff. right yeah 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 that's fucking wild that people are called <laughs> it's january 4th at the it's... time of this recording and you're scheduled for 27 fucking games like yeah, people I'm, are I'm in your dms already to... I think the farthest one out that I have is December of 2023. Like, oh my God. like, well, especially for like some of like the, the, like when you start talking about like conventions and stuff, Oh yeah, know, yeah. then it's like, okay, well, if you want to, you know, if they want me at that convention, then I have to like figure out like a flight and a thing and what is the thing. And it's very boring. And so there's a lot of like weird prep work that goes into a lot of like the like one shot life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just being a professional one-shotter, just table to table, character <laughs> table to character. To Spoilers, <laughs> I just play the same character every single time. Just have a different name. <laughs> um yeah i didn't see you uh do your one shot at gen con but you did one at gen con correct i did i was my first public gming that i ever did i did a a charity one shot um of dread and it was it was a really cool experience i was terrified i was so scared that i was gonna biff it but it went really really well people had a lot of fun i find uh even I was thinking about this like last night because I so I GM like I don't know like a lot a lot, a a lot, lot. right but last night I started a new campaign and I still get a little nervous and I'm just like I've literally run 400 I ran 400 professional games in 2022 people paid me to run 400 games and then I like starting a new and I, it's with a new group. I'd never yeah. played with any of these players before, which is unusual at this point, because on it, most of the time, I at least get like one person that has been in my community joining. But like this one just filled up with just, you know, random people. And I was just like, are they going to like it? Are they going to, you know, have fun? Or do I have enough material? And I'm just like, I'm here over prepping as well. Like I've got like 5,000 words for like this introduction. That's just going to be like the players fucking around for like two hours trying to introduce each other's characters. But is that how you deal with the anxiety of it though? Yeah, it is. It's just by like over prepping. I like that though. That's a good, that's a good like coping strategy. Cause then you're like, not only are you prepared, but it's like, it helps with the anxiety of the whole thing. I like that. I'm not... I'm not sure that I want to like hire you to be my therapist, but like this has already been very therapeutic for me. So like maybe I could just tell you about all the things that 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 I do that uh, help me get through my day. And you can be like, yeah, I actually that sounds really good. And, you know, um, I approve of anything that helps you get through your day. Is <laughs> That's what I approve of, because it's not silly if it makes your life easier. Fair enough. Yeah, PM, fair enough. PM, 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 PM. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> um, when did you uh, go full time with content creation? Oh, gosh. You told me you were going to ask this question. And I went, yep. oh, I should remember. And then I forgot. You to can't remember. tell my audience oh. these are prepared questions. <laughs> no, right? <laughs> How well, dare it's, you? It's C. You overprepared to ease the anxiety. <laughs> See, it works. This is amazing. Um, I went full time. So I started making content about like three. Well, I got on TikTok about three months before the pandemic hit. Um, and then after, and I remember very specifically, it was Friday, March 13th was the day that my work shut down. And then I would say it was about eight months of kind of like dipping, being like, is this a thing I want to do? Is this thing I, I you know, like, what do I want to do? Is this like a thing? Like, I'm too old to be an influencer. Like, what are we doing? Um, and so then about, I would say like 10 months in was when I was able to sort of make the step to like, I'm doing this now, this is going to be my job. And then all of last year was sort of building into something that is more sustainable and is more like long term um, and learning how to do my taxes. Very hard. Nobody talks about the taxes part of, of content creation, but it's extremely yeah. difficult. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm getting nervous right now because I've never filed taxes as a freelancer. Oh, I yeah. just started last year. I opened my, I started freelancing like in January of last year, mm -hmm. but I um, opened up my business officially in April. So like, I guess that's like from April to December was all freelance income because I, my last day of my job, I think was like in March or February. Um, Can I offer you a piece of unsolicited advice that changed? I would life? love to hear your advice. And so would my audience find an accountant like, and, and it sounds like something for fancy people. It really does. Cause I was like, Oh my God, I'm never going to be able to afford this. Like how, like, I'm not fancy. I'm not wealthy. Like, you know, I'm getting by, but I found an accountant who is actually part of my community. And so she's, she's so generous with her time. And she lets me like, she helps me out at like a reduced rate. Um, but having just somebody who can help you with stuff like 1099s and W9s and like, is this tax write offable and not like it will take so much anxiety off of your plate and help out so much. And especially with like freelancing stuff, because at some point I totaled it up. I actually did like dollars and cents stuff because if you go on like TurboTax and as like a freelancer, you have to pay. It's like, it's like micro transactions for like every W9 that you file 1099, like whatever the thing is. But if you get an account, it's like, yeah, you might pay them, you know, 300 400 dollars to like do your taxes you're gonna pay the same amount on turbo tax for like you know what i mean and then you have a person that you can talk to and a person you can ask i'm i'm such an advocate of like really getting an accountant who like gets you and gets what you do um that is my unsolicited advice that really helped me a lot I wholeheartedly believe in that advice, even though I have not applied it, because I personally love working with people. And that's very important to me to yeah. understanding processes and um, doing any sort of business. I much prefer to have that human interaction so that I can, instead of thinking about, did I do this right? Is this the right thing? And me trying to educate myself and become an expert, I would much rather build a relationship with someone, even yeah. if it's short term. Yeah. And, and yeah, it's just stuff like that is, I feel like it's, it's, there's such like a lack of, I think, transparency when it comes to stuff like that. It, like, just like the detail stuff, you know, because it's like, we can talk about content creation, but it's like, but taxes are really complicated. And sometimes it just helps to have like a guy you can call and be like, hey, Steve, can I write off my bras? And then Steve is like, <laughs> <laughs> 
Really? You can't even as I, a... technically I can. I can't. Oh, okay. But okay. it's just you have there's like there's literally like a form. There's like an IRS oh. like justification form of like, you know, they're like, mm, we don't know about this one. You can be like, well, actually, and it's I find that to be delightful. It's okay if like you're not comfortable with this question. Are you filing taxes much differently because you do OnlyFans? Um, it is I don't like are honestly, you like are you tax different? Like, I'm that's no, it's I'm not taxed differently, but you know anything like that. But it is it's contractor work, so it's it's still ten ninety nine. Yeah, um, and so it's you really have to be cognizant because I I learned this the hard way. If we're talking about dollars and dungeons, um, I didn't know that you should save money for taxes. Which you know, looking back, I was like, oh, that was kind of a thing I probably should have done. Um, but I was really bad about it, and so I wound up owing a lot of money um on my taxes because i had done a poor job of planning ahead because i didn't have an accountant and so now i was like okay now i kind of know how to prepare for that and plan for that and like set money aside and like that kind of stuff um but that was the hardest part for me was just realizing that it's like when you are a contractor you have to plan for your own taxes because they're not going to take it out like you have to plan ahead fucked in tax season (laughs) yeah i only made um Forty eight thousand my first year. Yeah, um, that's not bad though. That's respectable. That's uh, how you from, say that word. Respectable. <laughs> from a from a I'm not trying to flex on my podcast. Um from that's okay. April It's your podcast. You can. It's allowed. <laughs> um from April to December, um, which is I guess eight months. Um, so I guess pretty good, but um now I'm like I haven't saved any money for taxes. So I know that um in February and March basically like almost all of my paycheck is probably gonna go towards taxes. Yeah. Um even I think I may catch a break because I have children. Um <laughs> so maybe maybe my children will finally save me uh, <laughs> from the depths of the IRS uh hell. <laughs> but uh yeah, I think um for for you though, um You've got so many, you're so diversified and that is such an interesting conversation with people, especially when they're starting out. They have this weird idea and I understand where it comes from in that they think that they have to produce unique content for like 19 different platforms when the reality is nobody can and most successful content creators, even in your case, you create content for maybe two platforms at the most and even that is like a lot and then you just syndicate it out like you push it out to different platforms it it starts in one place yeah i definitely started so one of the i'm just sort of like fascinated by the idea of content creation anyway because it's kind of a made-up job you know which is kind of like a thing that kind of happened right there's no like content school that you go to right um and so a lot of it is figuring it out for yourself like what works for you what doesn't work for you and a lot of times it comes the experience of totally doing it wrong like and that's what happened to me is like i did it wrong i did it i did a very bad job of managing my time and managing my mental health and my space and my peace um because i was i was trying to do that i was trying to make new content for tiktok and instagram and twitter and twitch and youtube like i was i was trying to make hot content on all of these different platforms and i just i burned myself out like i about a year in i i just realized how absolutely 
absolutely unsustainable it was to approach it from that mindset of everything has to be fresh, everything has to be new. And so I really had to take a step back. I really had to sit down and say, okay, what is important to me? What is it? What is, what do I really care about doing? What do I really care about making? What is the content that I'm passionate about? And after I kind of like had that answer, I started approaching my content very differently. And actually, I love that I'm talking to you today because I decided January 1st, 2023 would be like kind of like the day that I did like the big switch. Uh Um, And so I'm actually sort of in a very like transitory moment with my content where I'm, I'm transitioning to more of that model where I'm going to make, I'm going to focus a lot more on YouTube. I'm going to focus a lot more on making long form content that I'm excited and passionate about instead of just like grinding out, you know, 10 shitty TikToks a day or whatever. Yeah. Uh, And then love a trans moment. I know, right? We love it. We love it. Uh, and then uh, using that to sort of like feed into like my TikTok and my Instagram. And um, I mean, my Instagram has always just been pictures of my dog anyway. But like, you know, yeah. it's, people expect video on there now. And I'm like, take to pictures of cats. I liked that. I liked that part of Instagram. <laughs> Yeah, I I can't help but notice in your background, we're going to come back to content creation in one moment. You have, is that a Mythic Grove box, Session Zero box? Yeah, do you want to see it? Yeah, I do want to see it. Ooh, Gabe Hicks sent this to me. Ooh, Gabe Hicks, wow. Open it. Ooh. It it has very nice, I'm going to hear for people listening on the podcast, (laughs) here's your ASMR moment. Um, And then, yeah, it's got all the cool stuff. It's got all the previews. The alt alt text for this podcast, like. The alt text. (laughs) Yeah. Kate is opening a black box with a white tree with a squiggly on it for session zero and these are the cards and they're very cool this is really good podcasting but aren't yeah. they dope they're they are so cool yeah yeah Alt-Tex i love Kate it it's holding up three cards that have cool drawings on them good Pretty i'm good super Alt-Tex. excited to break that open and uh, start working with it and i'm excited to see it in its physical form super excited i'm very very excited yeah about it. isn't that wild that that team of three people with organic marketing broke I think it was $170,000 on Kickstarter. Yeah. I can, a girl can dream. <laughs> <laughs> no, you, I mean, like, come on, you, you could do that. I see. I have, I have a shameful secret. I, I don't what know if you know secret? this, right? I kickstarted a board game. Uh, okay. Several, way before as a content creator um and it was wildly successful um and i went with a really? like drop shipping company that literally stole all of my money and stole thousands of dollars from me and to this day every so often i get angry emails from people who never got their game but i was like i couldn't af- i couldn't afford to do anything i and so i sent everybody like a digital copy i did everything that i could to make it right but i got i literally lost i think about $15,000 from this company that just was like, yeah, 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 we'll totally like print and and sell your games. But I never done it. I never designed a game. I didn't know anything about the process of it. I didn't know like what was reputable and like what wasn't. And so I, yeah, I got completely scammed. And there's like, there were like 150 copies of the game that I think are like actually in existence. Um, But they, they never printed the rest of them. They never shipped them. They never sent them out or like anything. And so, yeah, it's my shameful secret is I'm terrified of Kickstarter because I had such a horrible experience the first time wow um i assume it was overseas so you can pursue legal action or... yeah and, and that was exactly it it was it was yeah. overseas and so they were just like sorry and like you know i did all the stuff i called the better business bureau and they were like sucks to suck <laughs> like basically they were like sorry about yeah. it um but yeah it was it was a really uh enlightening experience i learned right. a lot um and thankfully most people were nice like most people were very kind and they were very understanding 
Um, but yeah, I paid, I personally paid for a print run of like a bunch of them, like out of yeah. my pocket because I just wanted people to get the game and I felt so bad. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really bad experience. And so now I have like weird Kickstarter trauma where I'm just like, never again. I never, ever, yeah. ever again. Yeah. I under, I understand that, uh, being an investor at least, um, so sorry about your circumstance. How long ago was that? How many years? It, oh God. It was probably like five years ago now, five or six okay. years. It was way before I was doing like content. Gotcha. Okay. In 80. PhD time five years is an eternity <laughs> yeah it totally is like <laughs> um now that i'm like more aware and i don't you know what's funny is i started to realize like how adhd like because i was in the military for 13 years right oh wow. as soon as yeah it, most people don't know because i well i mentioned it once in a while but like most people are like oh 13 that's kind of in a weird number because normally it's like you stand for 20 no too queer to stand for that long so <laughs> <laughs> i like had my like that's a queer funny. moment in like nine years in or 10 years right after i had re-enlisted the third time and it was like oh this isn't working for me anymore <laughs> um, but it, yeah but anyway um where was i going with that speaking of adhd um, when I don't have the military structure, like, provided to me, um, I have to, like, create that for myself in order to function now. Yeah. And I didn't realize that I really had those sort of uh, things to my brain and because um, I had gone my entire adult life, like, within that structure, really. And uh, coming out of it, I think one of the things that I have been able to successfully leverage uh, because I learned how to manage those schedules within the military um has been like allowed me to become a really great uh i think project manager and because i am used to scheduling everything for myself it's not a problem to schedule everything for business for other people for a project that's coming up or anything like that and i i wanted to segue and get your thoughts on like the the talk of the town or at least the thing that i talk about all the time is how uh what how how little people are paid essentially within ttrpg and then um so i had this really terrible idea where i was like you know what i'm gonna pay people a lot of money but in order to do that i have to make a lot of money so with that in mind there are some people within like content creation like once you break past a certain threshold you make more than a living wage but it's so hard to get past that people that are in content creation i think a lot of them are in a unique position to uh, be investors to because they have brand awareness right they have this brand awareness they have a platform to engage with or at least spearhead the marketing right mm -hmm. and then in addition to that if you have a platform then you can build up a crowdfunding uh platform to support whatever the product is yeah. how much have you thought about um pushing the either products or services that you are interested in creating moving forward in 2023 2024 oh god um that's my answer a lot um because i'm in i'm in this like weird space i mean especially like with the like ogl and all the drama surrounding it and everything i've i've really been I mean, I already talked about kind of like I'm, I'm transitioning in my content anyway, but like I've really just been thinking about like what are what are what is what are the things that bring me joy? Like what are the things that I'm excited about? What are the things that I'm interested and passionate about? And I keep coming back to like I don't really like D and D. Like I like TTRPGs. I like playing TTRPGs. I like role playing. I like characters. I like stuff. But I'm like I don't really like. It's not my favorite system. Um, it's a system that I started with, and it's the one that I'm comfortable with. But there is a difference between 
um oh man that was gonna sound so wise and then i biffed it um but there's <laughs> there's a there's like a difference between comfort and and content and so one of the things that i've really been thinking about is i have this idea i have this idea for a project and it's a very large scale very big sort of like very involved project that would focus on collaborative storytelling and world building games and i was really excited about it and then like a week ago like brennan lee mulligan and abria and all of them were like oh so we're starting a podcast that is probably pretty much exactly the idea that i had and i was like damn it but i'm i'm interested in exploring like those type of projects where it's like it's it's how do i say this it's it's like i don't want to say for me because that sounds selfish but like just realizing that i do have the the very unique opportunity to like angel invest in in projects that make me excited does that kind of make any sense at all it does i think well i mean honestly i'm in the same position i just for me it was like me having a conversation with someone my mentor and like just asking like how should i get into this and they were just like you're good at project management just running yourself yeah and i was like okay well i guess i'll fucking do it then because nobody else is gonna do it for me um you know, that's always the thing. It's like, you can't be the ideas guy and like not have money. You got to have money if you want to be the ideas guy. That's yeah. really what brings you to the table as the ideas guy. So, I mean, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, and obviously I have like the skills of like writing and that's what I've been, you know, developing for 20 years or whatever. So I do have that coming to the table. But yeah, you have such a unique opportunity, I think, especially with you as a brand. And you have to do a lot of things to protect your brand. And I've had, um, not to go down a dark segue, but like I've had these first experiences of people trying to leverage my brand uh, without (laughs) asking me, which has been awkward. And it's just like, really? Like, you didn't even like ask me for like an okay here? Um, But yeah, I think that for you, if you want to do something, Katie, I you could... I just there's not like there's a lot of challenges don't get me wrong but like you for sure could do it it's well it's interesting that you talk about that too because I think that that's like such a weird thing is the is the is there's a point there's a shift in making content where you cease to be a person and you start being a commodity and it happens kind of suddenly like it like I think people have different numbers in their head of like what the like commodity number is but there comes a point where that happens um and and but then there's the opposite thing where you now have a platform and you have a responsibility to I think use that platform responsibly especially in terms of like using your voice to like amplify and that kind of stuff um the story that I always tell this is a true story um so one time I got really excited about this like product that this lady had designed um and I found it on Etsy and I was like, oh, this is cool. And without thinking about it, because I was a new content creator and I still didn't know a lot about the world, um, I made a video. I was like, guys, look at this dope ass thing that I found on Etsy. And I sold out her entire store in an hour. Video went viral, blew up, sold out her store. I get an email from this lady and she's like, hey, it's not that I'm not grateful. You need to understand that you have fucked me. Like you have completely fucked me in terms of like my my shipping and how I'm going to get these products to people. And now I have to like completely reorder, which is a massive like and she like outlined she was like she outlined like the real repercussions of that video that I had made. And I still think about that. I still think about that every like when I wear clothes like is a thing like there's a there's like Twitter accounts that like will will tell people like what brands I'm wearing 
Um, and that's and it's scary and it's big. And so when when we talk about, you know, having a brand or having a brand and protecting your brand, also some of it, too, is is being cognizant of the responsibility of like, if I wear a sweater, people will buy that sweater. Is the person who made this sweater ethical? Are they a good person? Are they, you know, like a transphobic piece of shit or whatever, you know? And so it's like there's so much, I think, social and ethical responsibility that that we have as creators to really think about that and really think about like the things that we promote and and how we like put our our sort of voices into the world, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. I remember one of my uh earlier lessons in 2022 that I remember I was having that conversation with my mentor and she was like, you know, when people like just email me and like ask me to boost stuff, I'm just like, no, I don't know that person. I don't know, you know, what the product is. I don't have the time to look into it. I don't have the time to vet this and push it on my platform. Um, And I think about that whenever I have these conversations right now with a lot of the people in the pro GM community, when I say that I like something, people will try it out. And I found that out like firsthand, like people will go and they will buy a product. And that's why like, for instance, like now I'm a Describe ambassador. You should just subscribe to Describe for 10% off. Use coupon code Friday. But uh, I believe in their product. I believe in their company and they're an ethical company. Um, And we're working with them on the Vineyard uh, book itself. You know, we're going to have Describe material in there and vice versa. We're going to have Vineyard material on Describe.com. And that is something that I actually had to go into and uh, figure out if I wanted to vet and like actually support and something that I believed in. Was it up to the quality that I wanted for my product? Was it up to the quality for my brand? Just like I won't just randomly advertise for any GM that comes through. Um, And I think maybe I'll have a nice conversation with them. Maybe I'll think that they're a great person, but I'm not going to just advertise for anyone for the same reason that in my Discord server, now that my Discord is growing quite a bit, um, I don't advertise anyone but the one artist that I try to support. So it's it's important to me that I'm supporting the people that I know, trust and like and want to work with. I mean, I think one of the hardest parts about being a content creator, you have to learn how to say no in a way that is kind and compassionate and, you know, thoughtful. But like, I get easily 150 emails a week from people saying, can you promote my Kickstarter? Can you sell my thing? Can you be in my thing or whatever? And I'm like, that's and that's like less than a lot of people I know, you know, holy shit. And yeah. And so it's like, you know, and you know, and it's and it's and it sucks too because it's like everybody I like I care a lot about people. Like I just I really like people and I, I really just believe in sort of like the the community, you know. But it's like it's hard when everybody is asking you for something and it's like I don't have that space. And there's been a couple of times where frankly, like I got burnt, you know, like I got I got like really burned in terms of like I didn't do my due diligence or, you know, I thought something would be okay and then it like wasn't and like, you know, like that kind of stuff. And so like you learn and you move on and that kind of stuff. Um but yeah, there's just there's a lot of like there's a lot more no's happen that I was I was surprised about that. But I think it just comes down to that sort of commodification that people really see you not as a person. They see you as like a number. They see you as two million, you know, not like a Kate. They see you as two million and frustrating sometimes because I hate saying no, but you have to, you know, at a certain point. I don't know. I don't know where I was going with that. You know, we're on the same, <laughs> good, we're on, we're on the same that, like, path. ADHD, this like weird, like commensurate. <laughs> anecdotal communication i love it yeah um no one no one will understand what the podcast was about when we get to the end but (laughs) we like yeah there was they chatted it was good it was fine (laughs) feelings were had 
it was great. Yeah, I think um, for for me, it's been kind of uh, interesting in the last because I didn't start taking a social platform like seriously and or like really learn it. And for me, that was Twitter, unfortunately, just fucking. Of course, I fucking learned Twitter right before it starts to like explode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I got good at Twitter over the summer. And uh, of course, like my number one tweet of all time. So here's the funny thing. And this is something I want to talk to you about, like the the uh, how the negativity feeds the algorithm. So my number one tweet is like, um, I made thousands of dollars running Curse of Strahd this year. And here's how and here's why. And then my number two tweet is when I posted uh, December 28th. It's just a clip of me like finding someone on Discord that had like a racist rant and uh, start playing games Discord. 2,200 likes. And <laughs> I'm just like... Why do I even make content at this point? Why don't I just go find a bunch of racists talking about D&D and I'll just grow my platform that way? That's fair. <laughs> no notes? Okay. No notes. That's good. I don't know. I'm I'm ter- like, I'm a content creator and I'm terrible at content. So I just like, I just kind of like throw, I just feel like I'm just constantly like throwing spaghetti at the wall and just be like, nah, I wonder if this will be a hit tweet. They never are, but they please me. And that's the most important thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's frustrating for me because i'm like i spend like sometimes i spend like two fucking hours on a thread and i'm like this is a fucking banger like this is great people right? are gonna good. love it and then it's like not a good performing tweet and i'm just like there's so much in there and then i just say like you know and then it, it's funny like one of my biggest actually tweets is like dm tip poop before the game that's it <laughs> Like, no, it's it's like I feel like it's the rule of content creation that the more the more time that you spend on uh any type of content is disproportionate to the like amount of like like views that it'll get. Like it's just like the rule. Like if I spend like five hours making like a nuanced and well scripted and well shot TikTok, it'll get like you know fifty thousand views. I'll be like okay, cool, and then I pick up my phone, go butts, 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 butts. It'll get ten million views, and I'm like I hate my life. <laughs> I've done that. I've literally done that. This is a test. I literally did that. I made like this. I was so mad because I had made this really good video and I was like super excited about it. I was like, oh, this video is hit in. Here we go. And it did like nothing. And I literally just picked up my phone and was like, but, and it got like twice the views. And I was like, God. Damn it. Oh, sad. Anyway. Sad. <laughs> so sad. Um, you know, this actually allows us to segue really easily into what, are your challenges besides uh, the negativity parts of uh, sharing and pleasing the the mass audience? What are your f- challenges as a full time freelancer besides taxes? I suppose we've already covered taxes, that. Yeah, taxes are my nemesis. Um, I would. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with my sort of personality type and how and and neurodivergency and how it sort of meshes with content creation because I am a perfectionist. I am a burnt out, gifted kid. I've literally built half my platform on being a burnt out gifted kid like I got jokes about that for days but I I I really like the like for me this is our our honest podcast moment like I really regret how I built my platform I don't regret building it because it's changed my life and it has been the best thing that I've ever done and it is like an honor and a privilege to get to educate and advocate on my own terms and represent my community and that is incredible but I did it at the absolute expense of my physical and my mental health and my relationships 
and and because I just kept working, I just kept working. I just worked and I 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 worked and I, worked and I do and I and I still struggle. Um, and like the other day, like this is such a it's it's funny, but it's dark. Um, but it's going to the grocery store and I left my phone at home and my husband was like wait really you're gonna leave your phone and I was like yeah and he was like are, are you sure are you gonna be okay and I was like yeah I'm fine but I realized that like I have been so just constantly just constantly working constantly grinding constantly trying to do more do more do more do more do more that I became a person that I didn't like I didn't I, I didn't like who I was for a really big part of of 2022 and so i i really have to sit with the this is so dark i'm so sorry i didn't think this is gonna be this vulnerable this but is exactly I, what i want to talk I, about <laughs> i i really had to sit with the shitty person that i became i became a really shitty partner and a really shitty friend and i was not emotionally available to the people that i should have been um because i was worried about my content you know i wouldn't go places and do stuff because like i i had to play D D for free for you know four people on a twitch stream because they asked so i had to say yes you know um and it was actually it's funny is this is a name drop but it, it's a meaningful name drop is uh, Travis McElroy looked at me one day uh, and he was like, you have to learn how to say no. There's going to be another opportunity. There's going to be another chance for you to do the thing. And when you say yes to everything because you are living in fear of that being your last opportunity to say yes, you are selling yourself short on so many other like just life opportunities. It's like you have to learn how to live your life. And I was like, holy shit, that's really good advice. Also, holy shit, I'm talking to Travis McElroy. This is a weird day. But that really like that advice was was really pivotal. And it came from somebody that I really respect and looked up to in the community. Um, and so that was like a, a big sort of turning part point where I looked and I was like, OK, I, I have to figure something out. And so I'm, I'm still in the process of it. Like it's, it's and, and I want to be very clear. I'm not perfect. Like, you know, I'm I still have a lot of days where I, I do way more than I should. And I, you know, and, and but I'm learning. I'm learning to sort of like step out of that and say, OK, how do we do this sustainably? How do we do this? I don't want to say safely because that sounds pretentious, but in support of my own physical and mental well-being, um, especially as a disabled content creator. Um, and that has been I think that's been the hardest. That makes sense. End of answer. Yeah, <laughs> Sometimes makes... I just stop talking like I got to clear it, clear, clearly state the end. Yeah, no, it's fine. Um, wow. Um, I relate to that so fucking hard. I for a long time. Well, for me, I was. I started in January, like doing freelancing because I was like, I cannot, I, when I got out of the military, I was like, I'm going to do just any job because mm -hmm. I just need a job. Of course it doesn't pay enough. So I'm thinking to myself, like, what would I like to do? I'm not going to compromise on what I would like to do. So I started getting into like content creation and streaming and like performing. And then like, I was trying to get into writing and then also pro DMing. So when I got into that and I started more seriously in January, and then I scaled up to the breaking point where I was making just as much as I was at my job pro DMing on the weekends, I was like, you know what? I could do the smart thing right now and I could just wait three more months and then go full time after I've saved up money. But no, I'm a stupid bitch. And I quit <laughs> my job immediately. And I was like, fuck this job. And I uh, scaled up really quickly. I do not recommend that for anyone. I was thankfully in a position to where I did not, um, I did not like go hungry or lose, you know, my job or like, you know, things went well on SPG yeah. for me. Yeah, It doesn't go well for a lot of people. Yeah. So for me, and this is 
of course, advice that B Day gives. I'm just basically just a this is a B Day fan club on this podcast. But um, <laughs> you need to have that that savings and like that safety net so that you don't overwork in order to compensate for the things that are going to make you like make it or the yeah. things that are going to make sure that you have that safety net. Absolutely. Yeah, content creation is such a and freelancing. You know, very similar, very similar vibe. I think. And for me, baby content creator, like for me, it's not as big a deal because I don't like it's that's my side gig um, rather than my full time right now. So for me, it's not as big a deal if a post doesn't do well, because my full time job is still like running the games. If people are still in my games, then I'm good. Um, (sighs) All that to say, I wish I had scaled up a little slower because I spent I think it was all of July, August, September, just being burned the fuck out. Like yep. I was just burned out. Um, and thankfully I had um, received a lot of opportunities from people like um, Chelsea, who says hi, by the way, Katie. Chelsea, uh, who brought me in to do some work for Cobalt Press. And I was on a panel at Gen Con. Um, and I think that was the, it was right about the time that I was starting to uh some of my threads were starting to get a lot of attention on Twitter and people started to know who I was. Like people at Gen Con were like, Hey, you're Friday from Twitter. And I was just like, this is weird, but yes, I am. I am Friday from Twitter. <laughs> um, okay. Can I tell you a silly story about that? Yes, please. Okay. So some people know this, some people don't, but it, for context, I have two master's degrees in Shakespeare because in this economy, why not? Um, yeah. So I went to grad school and I went to like fairly serious Shakespeare acting thing and, you know, you're crying on the floor at eight o'clock in the morning type shit. And, <laughs> and one of my, one of my professors called me uh, when she found out like all of this had happened and stuff, because like, I was like, I, w- I was a stage manager more than, that's why I love a project manager because I was a stage manager, which is like a mini project manager. Um, And so my background is in stage management but i would like act and you know like whatever and so she called me and she's like i gotta know like what what's it like like what is what is it like like what what you know what's it like and i said very honestly i was like you know the weird thing about theater school because i went to theater for or i was a theater major in college and then i went to grad school for theater is like at no point at no point in in theater training do they have the conversation about like how to sign an autograph or like how to meet a fan or like what happens when you're at fucking target and somebody comes up to you and they go are you katiosaurus they don't prepare you for that part like they'll they'll you know they'll stanislavski you until the cows come home which is not a phrase i've ever said but here we are but there's there's no and here's what to do if you actually get famous like there's no class on that and so like a lot of that part of it the the that is the part that i'm the most uncomfortable with because i'm very public i'm very i and again i think like if i could do it all over again i would be a lot more private about my private life in a lot of ways but here we are um into the wind it goes um <laughs> but it's it's so surreal to be at a place like Gen Con or whatever and have 80 people line up to meet me like meet me like what who am i like what have i done to earn from people you know and so a big part of like the transition to content creation as a job also weirdly i think has to become not only like sort of like just like learning how to manage it despite your own like uncomfortableness but also really working on your own imposter syndrome and saying like no like yeah a hundred people just showed up to listen to me because i have something to say and and i and i am worthy and i do deserve a seat at this table and i and i and i do deserve to be here i'm still working on that part um 
but it's it's weird when people show up still i'm always like pleasantly surprised that people come to my panels and i'm like oh wow people are here i take a picture every time of the crowd because i'm a nerd like, yeah. oh, shit. <laughs> people came look guys <laughs> That's so far, honestly, that's why you're so endearing, in my opinion. Is that. Because <laughs> I'm so awkward. Nailed yeah, it. not to infantilize uh, you. Is that a word? Yeah. Okay. I, I, um, sure. I don't know. We'll, we'll, it is now. <laughs> Fuck it. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's what makes you so endearing, honestly. Um, a, a, a large. <laughs> A large part of uh, it for for me, because I'm still in the baby stages, in my opinion, but and I only see like a little bit of it for my side. But it, it's it's stuff like having a dedicated community. And for me, um, that makes it kind of weird because I remember just being a human being on the Internet and like interacting with different communities. And then that content creator or whatever would like do something and then people respond to it. And then it's kind of weird to be that person now. Um yeah, it's weird. And I like, for instance, I like posted on the ProGM forum. I was like, hey, uh, it was on New Year's Eve. And I was like, hey, in 15 minutes, I'm going to do a, a voice a voice chat hangout for New Year's Eve. And like 25 people showed up. And I'm just like, what the fuck? What are you? <laughs> like, they just got drunk with me in Discord because, uh, you know, we were all losers hanging out on the <laughs> internet on New Year's Eve. Just talking about ProGM stuff. And I'm like, this is not what I expected my life to be. Here we are. This is weird. That's a good life. I mean, I'm not complaining. I love it. Right? <laughs> yeah. I, I love interacting with people that are getting started with their business and they're moving forward. Um, I don't always have the opportunity to respond to some people. Like, for instance, like open, like open trench code here, like for, for me to, if you send me a DM asking me for specific consulting advice about like your campaign that you're going to run, I will not respond to that DM because I'm just like, I don't have like... There's a bunch of starting material that I put on my platform. If you just look at my platform or you just like look at my YouTube or like look at anything that I've ever put out there. Like if you're just getting started, like that stuff's out there. Like don't like I, I can't I, I still read like your 300 word multi-paragraph like dissertation about like your first pro G game. But like I just don't have the time because if I responded to every every one of those, like I would have no time for anything else. Oh yeah, like I I used to I used to respond to every single DM that I got. I used to read every single comment that I got. Um, and it became it got to the point where I was literally working like 14, 15 hour days just to like respond to every because I felt like I owed it to people. You know, I was like, oh my god, like they're taking the time to whatever. And at some point, I just I, again it was like that sustainability of like if I keep doing this, like there's no way that I can make it sustainable. But it's, it's also, I don't know, this is maybe a spicy hot take, but I think one of the things that I, I don't want to say get resentful about, but I, I get frustrated with is that because like, you know, you can go on TikTok or you can go on Twitter and you can see Friday's tweets for free. You can see Kate's TikToks for free or whatever, right? There becomes this sort of like weird expectation. Expectation. Like, yeah. yeah. It's like, I'll, yeah. Get, I'll get DMs from people go that just say, make a video about ADHD and stress or make a video about, and I'm like, sure, if you would like to pay me, if you would like to sponsor that video, I would be delighted to do that for you, you know? Um, and especially because I'm a sex educator and that's the bulk of like sort of like what I really talk about online um, is is sex and relationships. I get so many deeply personal and, and frankly inappropriate, um, you know, first messages from people, you know, or like, hey, does this spot look weird? I'm like, oh, my God, you know, like that kind of thing. Um, 
And, and I get really frustrated by that because it's like, this is my job. Like, this is what I do. And I know that like a lot of my content is consumable for free, but if you want me to consult, it would be okay if you paid me, you know, if, if you really want that custom video, I would be happy to make it for you. But like, I, I can't respond to every single demand for content or demand for free consultation or relationship advice or whatever. But like, yet I still feel guilty about it. Like, I still feel bad yeah. that I can't because I'm like, oh, well, they're, they, they trust me with the question and I, I should be able to but at some point like you really have to like start leaning into the value of that like no and 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 just realize like it's, it's just you're not a bad person if you don't respond to every dm you're not a bad person if you don't acknowledge every single comment like that is not the expectation and i think that's important for people to hear is you're not a bad person if you don't have at some point it happens it just does it's just part of it it's part of the thing yeah i um had this conversation because i was just transitioning to where it was too much work for me to help everyone individually mm -hmm. um in the last few months uh because of the growth of my platform yeah. and people would come into the pro gm server and ping me and i would get 15 to 20 pings a day like yeah. from people like can you look at my advertisement can you give me advice about this campaign can you 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 and then I was like, okay, well, I can't, I can't do that anymore. Uh, here's my consulting fee. And I started at the average rate for marketing consulting at $100 an hour. I had too many people sign up. So I'm like, okay, this is too cheap. Yes. Like, and then I now I'm at $175 an hour. And now I don't take clients that have not been running their pro GM business for three or four months, because like people that are enthusiastic and really want some help consulting or whatever, I don't actually give them the value that they're paying for when they can just look at my free content and I'm like, get what you need and do the yeah. work. 90% of these businesses genuinely just need to fucking do the work and like experiment and see what works and then A-B test stuff. You know what I mean? Like yeah, the yeah. normal shit that you do, right? I was just laughing because the only pings that I get on Discord are from people who are like, I have a question about your OnlyFans. I'm like, then ask on OnlyFans, man. What are you doing? Come on. <laughs> Discord, get out of here. Come on. <laughs> All right, so your D your Discord DMs are open then, right? Uh, yeah, I don't tell. Well, yeah, I mean, they are. I don't usually tell people that, but it's fine. Okay, hit me up on Discord. I don't know. Discord is weird. I'm terrible. Like, I'm terrible at it. I'm still terrible. And I'm in like, I'm literally looking at like, I have, okay, actually, I'm going to count right now. I have four, one, 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 three. You're using I have folders, least, right? Yeah. But like right now I have at least visibly 89 pings is my is my current math of in all the different like servers and stuff that i'm in. you don't turn off notifications? I, I mean i do i turn off notifications but oh. you know like the little red thing pops up oh yeah yeah yeah. but yeah, then yeah. i also have like I'm, I'm a serial not responder to friend requests and it's not because mm -hmm. i don't want to be their friend it's just because i forget to like check so right. like on facebook i have like a thousand friend requests i'm just like i'll get to it it's fine <laughs> yeah yeah i'm not gonna go through and vet all thousand of these people yeah, like, but yeah i had actually i changed my name in the spg server to don't ping me please um <laughs> like that's and it was so it's so weird but like honestly i had to do it because like yeah. as you know as someone who gets distracted like as soon as i see that ping i'm just like okay oh, well yeah, here's a question yeah. that applies to me right or like okay i gotta deal with this and then it's you know but it's like i'm i'm in like i said earlier like i'm i'm in the at planning stages for at least 20 some games right now 
And so yeah. it's like, you know, people ask about character sheets or whatever, but it's like, I can't, like, I can't do it. If I look at that, you know, if I go to the one, that game could be in March, but that's the one that I saw the ping first. So now I'm spending all of my time and all of my energy, like on that. So it's yeah. like, I have to like limit how I do it. People get so frustrated. They're like, I pinged you. And I was like, I check my discord once a day, fam. Like that is yeah. all I can do. <laughs> that's the best I, that's the best I can do. Yeah. That's what you got. That's that's what it became like for my business as well when I'm dealing with I have like between like 50 to 70 players at any given point. I think it'll be a little bit more here uh, moving forward because uh, I'm averaging like 13 or 14 games here for a short while. I, that's not sustainable. So I'm only doing it for like this initial quarter. But I only work on the game that I'm running on the day that I run it because oh, nice. I cannot manage to like do additional work three days prior to the game and not get distracted from what i need to do today that's rad that's a great idea (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's i mean like for the same thing with like shows and stuff whenever i peer on shows yeah i in the morning when i'm like looking at my my schedule book of like what to do i'm like okay i'm doing this show today let me make sure i have everything ready for that show and then I go through and I do all that. And um, and then I pr- profusely apologize to whoever's running the show. I'm like, I'm I'm sorry, I'm a fucking wreck, but here I am. I got asked one time in an interview, they're like, so how long ahead of time do you start preparing for your, for your like one shot appearances? And I was like, I lied. I just lied. Um, I was like, oh, you know, I put a lot of, you know, at least a couple of weeks. I was like, I build that shit the day of fam. Like, like fine. I was sometimes when I'm bored, I'll just like build a character, and so that way, if it's like, oh shit, like that's coming up tomorrow, then I can just like pull from like the collection of like random characters I've put together. But it's just so funny. I was like, I can't. I don't have the brain space for it, which yeah, maybe it's... makes it terrible. But it's like, no, it's it's just realistic because like a lot of people uh, who just don't play in like those stages all the time, yeah. like. Obviously, if this is the only game you're playing in the month, like, okay, that's your one character that you're focused on or whatever. And this is like, you're going to really enjoy this one shot. Not that you aren't going to, but like, you're also really looking forward to it. And you don't have a bunch of stuff in front of you in that realm. But you do have to manage like when you spend time on stuff. Yeah. Well, it's also just like, and this is, I mean, this is more of like a creatory conversation, but also the difference between playing in a game with your friends and playing publicly, um, you know, like the, the general public amusement, right? It's like, I get hate mail. I've gotten hate mail from people who have like watched, you know, streams and they were like pissed that I didn't like use my bonus action or like forgot that I had a bell or like what, like I'll get like angry fucking emails from people. And so like, there's also that component to it of like, it's not just putting together a character it's is this character you know is are the choices that i'm making are they entertaining are they are they fun are they contributing to like the experience of the people watching the game because the real difference between like D at a table and D D in actual play is that you're still thinking about the audience you're, you have to think about the audience and so like it's a very different way of playing ttrpgs and people get mad when i say that people get really upset like it's yeah. sort of, it's like fake or whatever i'm like no it's not fake it's but you have to think about it you're like what is the most entertaining thing what is the most interesting thing how is this going to mm-hmm. move the story along it's a different way of thinking and it's a different way of, but because that is my job like my job is literally publicly performing publicly playing these games there is a lot of external pressure and a lot of external sort of like judgment that comes with this job of people just being like you're an idiot because your barbarian didn't go into a rage and i'm like yeah i forgot that i could do that sorry like you know what i mean 
<laughs> yeah. I'm going to I'm going to go on record and say if you send Katie Osaurus hate mail for D&D mechanics, fuck you. <laughs> I mean, it happens at least 10 hate mails a week at this point. Is I'm I'm averaging about 10 hate mails. Most of the time they call me a stupid dumb horror. Is they oh I God. people like to call me a horror cuz I have an OnlyFans. They like that one. And they oh. and they really and also that I'm a shill for Big Pharma because I talk <laughs> I I talk about ADHD and so clearly I'm a shill and I'm like I don't talk about medication. I literally have like I've made one video that was like, "Hey, make sure that you're informed about it." But I chose on purpose the very beginning, the very beginning. I said I'm never going to talk about medication and I'm never going to talk about like the right quote unquote right type of therapy for ADHD because it is a deeply personal decision. It's not my business and I'm not a doctor. Um, and I still get hate mail all the time. Like you're lying. You're faking. Depression isn't real. You just need to try harder. People are weird, man. <laughs> yeah. Who spends who spends their time to like advocate or or against your fake illness? A I don't understand. Like what the fuck? Weird amount of people. Like, it's just, it's not, it's weird. That was, that was another thing about content creation that I was not prepared for. It's just like the scrutiny of people just mm-hmm. decide, like, or like I, I, um, sponsor coats. So I'm, I, my, I, I have a glasses sponsor because I wear glasses. Mm-hmm. And so really long time ago, one of the first things I did, like as a joke, as a complete joke, Zlul, we're going to troll Zlul is like a glasses manufacturer into sponsoring me. And it worked. The vir- the video went viral. Everybody tagged Zlul. They sent me an email. They were like, that was so funny. We would love to work with you whatever and so i got a discount code um it's 10 off if you use code kadio i got a fucking manifesto from this one guy who was like how dare you you're a fake and a liar and it's all been for the profit and i was like brah it is is 10 off your glasses order at zealow.com man like this is not this is not it but people will get mad. People will get mad about like taking sponsorships. People will get mad at you for like promoting things. People will get mad at you for trying to make a living while also insisting that they consume your content for free. Like they're not going to sign up for your Patreon, but they will send you hate mail about taking a glasses sponsorship. Um, and so that's like one of the big lessons that I had to learn too, is like there are always going to be people who just wake up in the morning looking for a reason to be mad and looking for a reason to be angry. And you have to like, I don't want to say rise above because honestly, like I'm not above making snarky comments because fuck those people. Um, (laughs) But like, I think you have to really like in the job of being a content creator, you really have to learn how to navigate. Like what is actual valid criticism? What are, what is, you know, people like making sure that you're being held accountable, but then also like, what is people getting mad at you for getting a glasses sponsorship? Because you're a sellout. Like you were faking your mental illness the whole time. So you could get a glasses sponsorship. And I was like, yep, that's what I did. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. That, that was the grandmaster plan. That was the was. evil I spent a mustache year twirling plan. A- on the internet so i could get a glasses sponsorship for 10 percent off my master plan worked I'm yeah yeah and genuinely like honestly like with me and my like describe uh sponsorship i work with them because also we're working with the vineyard and i believe in the product do you think i get like a ton of money for that no but you save a lot of money if you use my code so i'd like yeah. to do that but like, anyway you're welcome for cheap glasses <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah i think uh dang that's wild. Yeah.
expecting the like the the hate mail was was one that I I was not expecting. Like I was like, oh, it happens to people, but it's not going to happen to me. And that it like, and then it's the first like four or five times, it's like scary and it's weird and it's upsetting. But like now, I just I I honestly like I just feel bad. I just yeah. feel bad for people. It's like how sad and lonely and angry and and upset are you that you lack such a support system that you have to email some random person with ADHD on the internet to get mad at them. Like I that's you know yeah. and and maybe that's an overly compassionate take but i just i just honestly i just hurt for those people like i just i just feel bad every time it happens and i'm like i'm sorry that you're hurting you know like i'm just i'm sorry you're hurting because that must suck for you yeah i mostly ignore or don't interact with people who are like against being paid to gm who are against pro gming altogether because that's a waste of time but it's been interesting that since my platform has been growing and like my influence has been growing basically to interact with pro GMs who have been doing it for a while and they get really mad that my advice is taken seriously and like I give them advice sometimes when they ask for it and they get offended at the advice that I give them for their business because they are so married to the way that they used to do business and they're usually coming to for advice, like, how can I jumpstart this again? Because the pro GMing scene has changed a lot in yeah. 2022. And I remember being early on in that scene, uh, as far as uh, for start playing and interacting with that community, everybody was like cards close to the chest. This is a red ocean, you know, all these sharks are competing for these 10 fucking players or whatever. And I was like, that's, that's dumb as fuck. Like, that. <laughs> Like, the, there's so many players out there that, like, maybe you just need to advertise better. So me getting to people to advertise and, like, do that smartly. Um, smartly, that's... A, that's good. It's a word now. That, yeah, that's a word. That's a word now. Yeah. Um, do their advertising in an intelligent way that, like, actually follows the fundamentals of, like, basic copywriting. Um you know, has drastically changed the scene on start playing. So now if you don't use good copywriting, your games don't fill. And people are mad about that. It used to be you just threw up a game and you could just have whatever bullshit on there. Like, hey, we're playing D&D &D, and they, that game would fill. So I don't know. Yeah. No, it's I have this like weird opinion. I don't know if it's opinion. Maybe it's a rant. I'm not sure. Um, Go for it. Are rants all inherently opinions? I don't know. Yeah. But I, one of the things that I get asked a lot is because I, like, I talk about TTRPGs and I play TTRPGs, but I'm not, like, a professional GM by, like, any stretch of the imagination. Um, but people always ask me, they're like, well, aren't you worried? Because when I first started out, um, Jessica McCabe, who, by the way, like, has become a really good friend of mine, but she's a, a really, really talented, really popular uh, ADHD creator on YouTube. Um and she does the how to ADHD. That's her channel. Um, and I remember people were like, "Well, like, are you gonna are you gonna go to YouTube?" And I was like, "Yeah, you know, maybe." And they're like, "Well, well, Jessica McCabe, how to how to ADHD? Like, she's she's on YouTube." And I was like, "Cool, you know." But I was scared. I was I was worried to go to YouTube because I felt like, well, that's that's her space. Like, that's her thing. That's her, you know, like whatever. But then I realized like her experience is completely different than mine. You know, she was she was diagnosed young. You know, she has this like very different experience with with ADHD than I do. Um. And then that question keep com kept coming up of like, well, this person is making content about ADHD and this person is making content. Aren't you worried? Aren't you mad? Aren't you upset? Aren't you jealous? And I was like, no, because and I, and I feel like it's, it's a really interesting parallel to something like start playing or like GMing because we all have our different styles. We all have different things that we bring to the table. We all have different skills. We all have different things that we struggle with and, and whatever. But I feel like it's it's not really so much of that idea of like a red ocean as it is like, no, like the people who want 
want to play with you. The people who are going to respond to your content are going to find you as long as you're doing stuff like basic copywriting. But it, but it's not about like, oh, I have to take up all this space so nobody else can sit at this area of the table. It's like, no, it's the table is infinite. You just start talking, you know, like, I don't know. I don't yeah. know where I was going with that, but it's, no, it's I, always on my mind. We're, we're on the same page. No, the, the, the difference in your mindset as a creator or as a business owner in a red ocean and a blue ocean, the internet is so infinite and you're always, you always have the opportunity to grow in either your business or your platform or whatever it might be. And most of the reason why I created a platform on these social media accounts is because I was too, I'm not going to say I was too big to fail. That was, that's too much of a joke, but uh, I was <laughs> it's too big for to start playing games discord anymore i was like i couldn't handle all of those pings anymore and i was yeah. like i'm putting all of my shit on the internet for you to consume without me having to be there right there with you and yeah. i initially when i was building my platform uh it was like in the baby stage where i was teaching people in these workshops and i would have like five to 12 gms come in and be like hey let me look at your ad let me fix that for you let me you know give you some advice and i did that for months before i started to really grow on these social platforms because i took all of that information all of that knowledge and that experience and i just pushed it onto these social platforms and that's what people are seeing now but it started really with like getting better at what i'm actually doing and what value that i bring to the community itself yeah. and that's just a natural progression to where eventually like you're you're gonna leave this small pond of a discord server and you're <laughs> gonna you're gonna enter the big ocean you're gonna see the big apple and uh yeah and it also turns out most of the time, like what I found too, people who I, I to just kick the metaphor to death. Um, but you know, people who I considered, you know, like huge fishes who would never ever talk to a little guppy goldfish like me, were thrilled. We're fucking excited to be like, yeah, let's talk about content or like, you know, like let and they've become friends and they've become mentors and stuff. And it was like, I'm, you know, I'm still scared to email. Brennan Lee Mulligan. One of these days, I'm going to work up the courage. But it's like, you know, like the people that I really look up to in the community, like they're all just people, it turns out, you know? And so now it's like, it's amazing because, like, you know, I'll go to conventions or whatever and I'll be on these panels with people that I've looked up to for years before I was even making content about ttrpgs um and, it, and it's just so nice because it's like yeah the ocean is big we're also kind of like finding all our little fishies that are friends together and that it makes me really happy yeah it's definitely a small subset of like it's like a club right it's a it's essentially like a club like all of the game designers and the writers at conventions they talk to each other because they work in the same industry and like same thing for content creators so it's it's definitely a unique shared experience that yeah it's kind of weird to think about uh, for me. And I'm always surprised like when I email people or I message people and they like within however long or if they respond at all that they're interested in working with me. And I was kind of blown away about the vineyard as well. Like I sent out all these emails and I'm like, the, like 90% of these people aren't going to respond. That's how I ended up with the 20 person team because all of them said yes. And I'm just like, fuck. No. Like I have that from the opposite standpoint where I'll get an email from somebody like apologizing for asking me a short, like, I know you're going to say no. And I'm like, okay, first off, I'm not, but they will be like surprised that I say yes. 
And like, I, I've heard from so many people that they were like, oh, well, I didn't ask you for this thing because I thought that you wouldn't be interested or like, you're so busy. Clearly you're so famous. And I'm like, first off, I'm not, but like, you know, and so it's like, ask, ask, always ask, always make the ask because you never know. And even if you're like a really small creator, if you are playing a game that I'm excited about or a co- like a concept that I'm excited about, like just as likely to say yes to, you know, somebody with, you know, a hundred followers on Twitch as I am Dimension 20 if I'm excited about the game. Like, you know right. what I mean? And so like, I, I think that's that's really important for anybody to know about content creators is like we want to do stuff with you don't be afraid to ask just we might have to say no and it sucks when we have to but like more often than not like i'm i'm looking for cool shit to do you know another thing I, and i can't remember what it was i even touched my nose about it and then i forgot again <laughs> is that a is that a trick you do that's my thing yeah i put i put my finger on my nose so i like remember and then oh. i forgot anyway okay okay <laughs> well we'll come back to it we'll come back to it um you know we'll put it in the show notes um <laughs> like, uh, in addition me two weeks later to tell me what she remembered <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah um yeah i think uh let's let's talk about pitching um how how are you for time are you good for a little bit longer i can go for probably about like 20 ish 30 ish more minutes but then i i have to take my dog out because she's oh that's when i leave anyway so we're good i gotta pick up my daughter from preschool um yeah 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 she's a little five she's the one that's excited to go to school in the family so she's like yeah i'll just yell across the house there's like finley are you ready and she's like yeah like she's just super Aww. jazzed about school, school. everything yeah exactly my older son is seven is like the opposite he's like i hate school and i'm just like you you're in first grade you got a long way kid like, a long way. You, you better figure out how you need to enjoy school right now <laughs> this is a long road for you buddy <laughs> that's right i remember i hated first grade though i i didn't like school until i was in like sixth or seventh grade and then i was like okay all right now i'm like interested but uh, i was like "Mm, this this vibe anyway what were you gonna talk about (laughs) um if i can remember um yeah i was gonna talk about pitching and what makes that most interesting for you i know i'll put in my two cents after you but like when you're looking at like pitches to appear or to do something with someone what are you generally looking for and what's gonna what's gonna make it more interesting for you if you have the time and the energy to do it i'll preface with that yeah um so we're gonna we're gonna say that this hypothetical pitch is already like there's okay katiasaurus's guide to pitching a DD game or wait hold on katiasaurus's guide to pitching a ttrpg to anybody at all ever number one and when you when dates also like day of the week like is it a monday is it a thursday is it every other wednesday whatever but also not just the start time but like what is call time how long is it gonna run right with that are there going to be breaks in between? Then what system are you running? Is it going to be a homebrew? Are we doing a module? What are we doing? Who else have you asked? I don't, I don't, I don't need the cast list. I don't need like the firm, but I want to know kind of like the vibe of the people that you are, are, are asking just to make sure, you know, chill table with people I like. Um, And then this is nice, not always required, but why me? Like, what is it about me and my content? Um, Because one of the things that I have found, and this is true, is that, when the pitch includes something about why they are interested in working with me, I am so much more likely to say yes to that than somebody who just goes, I'm playing this game. Do you want to do it? Because it's it's the difference of commodity versus individual, right? Because a lot of times, again, they're just looking at the numbers. They just want a big name creator so they can 
get views on their stuff, which is fine. And that's totally valid. And that's part of it. That's part of the whole thing. Also, I'm a person who gets really excited about playing games and I want to do a good job and I want to have fun and I want to tell a good story. And so if it's about me and and my talent, I'm much more likely to say yes. I ranted about that for a really long time, but it's a sensitive subject. No, that's that Um, I felt like I was in your TikTok feed right there. Like you did the you did the counting with the fingers and everything. (laughs) That was amazing. Uh, I didn't throw a fruit snack, though. I'm sorry. And then, um, I th- and then honestly, like uh, safety tools, I appreciate knowing just right off the bat, if like, what safety tools are you using? How are you going to use them? Um, and then like, what are we playing on? Are we playing on Foundry? Are we playing on Real 20? Are we using you know, like just whatever, like, how are we going to meet? What's going to like just as many details as possible. Um, because one of the things that I get really frustrated about, and it happens shocking amount is people will email me and they say, Hey, do you want to play a game? And they're like, Oh, well, I was thinking like March or April. Great. I have 20 things already on my calendar, plus two conventions for March and April. Like, what weekend are we talking about? Oh, well, we're not really sure yet. We wanted to make it on your schedule. Can you tell us the dates? No, because the next time I get an email back from you, those dates are going to have changed. You know what I mean? And so it's like as much information as you can, planning ahead, really thinking about the experience of the of the person reading the email, reading the pitch. Um, and then honestly, I just want to know about the story. Like, what are we, what themes are we going to be exploring? Like, are we, is this going to be like a cool collaborative thing? Is this going to be like a, you know, very like dark and gritty campaign is it gonna be funny is it is it jokes and gags like what are we doing that was really long i'm sorry no, i had a lot no, more things about that than i thought i did i was like i've got a couple and i was like no i'm very strong with it no you receive 150 emails a day <laughs> from people like hey you want a D D? so of course you have opinions about that no that's perfect because honestly that's one of the things that i I'm going to be releasing a in newsletter this month. Um, now that you mentioned it, it's super important. Learn how to pitch. And this is more of like a, um, this is something that I actually had the great fortune of uh, interacting or having this conversation, this one-on-one conversation with Jen Kretschmer very Which early on. Hey, Jen Kretschmer is a really good pitch person. Yes. Yes. She is. I... I don't think that she has produced like here's how to pitch, but she's been working in TV for so long that she really understands pitches. So I modeled my first show pitches and presented those to Cobalt Press based on what she told me to do. And like, of course, both shows got approved, which I attribute to like Jen's advice is like that was that's great. Um, When I pitch people now, I do. I hope you're you know, here's the general like, let me. Yeah, pleasantries. (laughs) Like, hey, it was nice to, if you have a personal connection with a person, that's where that first sentence goes. Like, hey, it was nice to see you. It was nice to see you in this. I saw that you did this. This was really cool. Actually look at their content, actually consume it, and then, you know, say something about the content, because that's nice to hear as a content creator, right? You're specifically talking about what they have done so that you acknowledge their value, right? I don't want to interrupt, but I do just want to butt in very quickly. Content creators know when we like, we know when you're not looking at our content and you're just like going through and being like, oh, this person has a million followers. I'll, I'll email them. Like, we know it's so obvious and it's so transparent. We know we're not stupid. Please continue. <laughs> I get so yeah. heated about like, oh my God. <laughs> and then after that, then you go to the pitch and the pitch is going to be a paragraph at most summarizing what it is that's happening. And then from there, if you have the business-oriented side of things, like pay, everything else goes underneath the pitch because the idea comes first. So you have hello, pleasantries, then you have the nuts and bolts, the things that they should know as a performer and or a uh, creator or professional that's showing up to your thing. What are they going to be paid? That should be probably like in there, right? And then... Yeah, um, I just assume I'm not getting paid. (laughs) 
But you should pay Kadiosaurus. But anyway, I know. So- <laughs> I'm working on it. You can help pay Kadiosaurus if you subscribe to her OnlyFans or her Patreon. Links will be in the description. Oh, but <laughs> but that being said, like that's generally how I assemble most pitches. Like yeah. when I was sending out for like the vineyard and uh, assembling like this massive, incredible team that I'm just blown away by. Most of it was just like, hello, I really enjoyed your work in this. And I would actually make sure t- that I read that thing, <laughs> the very bare minimum. Um, and then from there, I would go into this is what I'm thinking my pitch and then this is your role, potentially, if you are interested in it, this is the pay. These are the tentative dates. Those can change. That's fine. But like, you need to give a ballpark. So yeah, yeah. And people were just like blown away by like these basic project management structure things right. that um, if you don't know them, that's fine. That's because you haven't been that in your life. And that's fine. But that's why you should subscribe to my newsletter, because I will uh, detail how to do that. I was gonna say like have like a downloadable checklist. I will I will actually probably have the newsletter um probably already published and I will just link to it in the show notes here. <laughs> I for me I had that conversation though, going back to one of our previous topics because we're just kind of all over the place. I love it by the way. But I'm, um, I'm following the train. It's great. The train <laughs> it's a little windy, but like I'm on I'm on it. Yeah. I'm aboard. I had this conversation with Devin Nash. I don't know if you're familiar, but uh, the consultant basically that runs a big ad agency, works with content creators and stuff, runs uh, Novo. Um, and uh, he used to be like a, a League of Legends person. He uh, owned a esports team. And so he now runs like a mastermind business class, which I re- actually recommend that you get into because it's actually really great knowledge. And I've had conversations with him where he's like torn apart my pitches and like I've rebuilt them based on like his advice. And of course they go in, um, you know, go on to be successful because of like sort of this mentorship that he's providing to the community. And one of the things that he said to me sort of resonates with me when I was really struggling with the, how do I go from getting pinged all the time and like helping individual people do the thing? Because that's what I want to do. I'm an advocate for people making a living wage and tabletop, right? I want more people to make money. So, of course, I want to help people. But then he was like, yeah, but you're helping one person instead of making content that a thousand people are going to see. Yeah. And that was the shift for me, like, in why I had to build my platform. Because I was like, I'm spending hours on this person that I see the next month has not applied my advice at all. Yeah. And I just wasted that. I'm not going to say I wasted that time, but like, uh, that's what it feels like when I like yeah. individually help people. And I'm just like, I can't do this for free anymore. If you're going to potentially not use my advice, you need to fucking pay me. Like, <laughs> It's so funny because we have... It's sort of like the same thing, but it's like I've always explained it exactly backwards Um, because so like I said, my background is in theater and um, I was always like a theater kid growing up. I promise the story is going somewhere, by the way. Um, But one of the things I really struggled with as a creator was when videos wouldn't do big numbers, like when I when I, you know, the hit video wouldn't pop up. And I I started thinking about the um, when I was in grad school, one of the things that we would do is we had this like touring company and we would go around to different like schools in the area and perform. And I always make the joke that it's like, if you can perform Romeo and Juliet at eight o'clock in the morning for a group of angry seventh graders, you can perform anything. Um, But one of the things that I would always do is at these performances where there were a lot of like angry seventh graders at eight o'clock in the morning is I would look for the one kid because somewhere in in every high school in America, in every junior high in America, there's like one awkward, weird theater kid 
who doesn't fit in and feels weird and alone and broken. I was that kid. I know. Um, and what happens is, is you start doing the show and there's like some kid and then you see the kid and just kind of leans forward a little bit and then he's like more invested and more invested and more invested. I've always, and I always said that you should do your show for that one kid, that one kid who needs it, the one kid who's excited and passionate about it. And yeah, if you get other people on board, great, but like always do it for that one kid. And then I started making content and then I would get mad, you know, like you get, you get really spoiled. You get really spoiled. And it's like, I'll get mad if my video didn't get a million views overnight. Like I'll get mad. I'll be like, oh, my video only got a hundred thousand views is bullshit uh uh and i get cranky and then i started remembering i started remembering that one kid you know i started i started thinking about it i was like because so much of like what i do i talk about adhd i talk about mental health i talk about sex i talk about relationships and i was like i don't care if a million people see this because i'm not doing it for the million people who might go okay that was great cool whatever i'm doing for the one person who sends me the email that says this video changed my life or i really needed to hear this today or like this advice really really helped me um and that has been such like a a a vital part of my journey as a content creator is letting go of that idea that like every tweet needs to be a hit tweet every post needs to be a hit post it's sometimes it's just for that one person but also you can't help one person at a time as efficiently as you can help a million so there's like a balance to it but i love that you said that because it's like it's exactly the same thing but backwards yeah it's you know two things can be true at the same time yeah Yeah, things can be true yeah i definitely i in the same vein i love it when people go and tell me like hey thanks for your advice like a few months ago i'm now making part-time income and i'm now like making this much a month based on stuff that i have followed your advice on and i'm just like that's fucking wonderful i love that for you please link more people please you know spread the love please be an advocate pay it forward there's a great opportunity for a lot of people in a situation right now right now as pro gming is growing this is the bull period this is where people can actually start to make money even if it's just part-time i will say i will caveat full-time pro gming is not for most people just like full-time content creation is not for most people i couldn't do it i couldn't do what you do i'm so intimidated by you just the i don't know how you do it i would die i would i would last two days i'd i just i'd pair i'd burst into flames i would die that's what would happen to me fine I don't know. I don't know how you do it. I respect the shit out of it. Holy you, shit. You can't be intimidated by me, Katie, if we're going to keep working together. Oh, no. I'm just going to keep being intimidated by you. Oh, my God. No, no. no. Um, but yeah, the, I mean, content, oh, you're right. Content creation isn't either. Like, I don't know. Can I have Can I have a really, 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 really spicy hot take? I love it when you do on this podcast. Okay. Go for it. I think that one of the things I, I get frustrated about, I'm going to be kind about it because I think that's important. But I, I think a lot of times people look at content creation as this very, like, trivial thing and then you know when you when you ask to get paid they go how dare you how dare you want to make money doing this thing that you've been doing for free but what people don't see like i mean you know you go on tiktok you watch my 15 second bullshit video or you know butts 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 and and you, you know you watch the minute video or whatever but what you don't see three years that i spent getting certified as a certified sex educator the i think at this point i i've i've cut back a little bit on on checking every day but the hundreds of discord pings the hundreds of emails the hundreds of dms on every single like it's not just tiktok it's twitter and instagram and tiktok and youtube like this d there's dms for days you know and it's and it's community management and it's the discord and it's twitch streams and it's the everything that goes into what makes 
making that 60 second video sustainable. That is the job of content creation. The picking up your phone and making the one minute video, that's the that's the that's the easiest part of my day. But it's the scrapping for brand deals and and organizing, you know, podcast advertising and figuring out partnerships and going to conventions and doing meet and greets and like all of this different stuff. I'm like, yeah, it's fun. I love it. It's amazing. It's the best job I've ever had. And I I, I don't think I'm terrible at it. It's really a lot more admin work and a lot more sitting by yourself in your office crying because your fucking Adobe audition has once again fucked your files. And you, like you, literally yesterday I was I was I worked from I, I, I mean, I worked all morning, but then I, I had to record a voiceover for a gig that I got, which I was super excited about. Uh, 158 files. They all got corrupted. I had to go through and manually rename and every single file, re-upload them, sort them into the drive, get them into the correct scenes, get them in the correct thing. It took me until 9 p.m. Like from 2 p.m. to 9 p.m. I sat at my computer. I was just crying trying to get these files and i was like that's the glamorous life of a content creator right it's like yeah. you know but then you go to like comic-con and it's like oh my god she's a famous voiceover artist and like you all got me and you're like yeah and i sat at my computer and i cried for five hours so you could enjoy it for free <laughs> yeah. on the internet so it's yeah. like that's that's the part that I like to caution people is like it's yes it it can seem glamorous it can seem fun and it is it is sometimes very glamorous and it is sometimes extremely fun there's so much more work that goes into it than I think a lot of people understand and I think yeah. if they did understand I think they would be kinder I think they would be kinder I think they would be more supportive I think they would be more understanding and, and compassionate in terms of things like signing up for the Patreon or you know whatever it might be but I honestly um hitting those feels today <laughs> You know, the, no, I've loved this conversation so much, Katie. Me I too. honestly fun. I like this is good. This is good. This is a good podcast. Um, <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, Katie certified. I decreed. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that uh, especially like because Adobe, like I've had this frustration so many times. Sometimes it just corrupts your fucking video for no reason. Oh my and, god! Like, just for no fucking reason. Just like you try like four or five times to render this fucking video and it's just like, it just yeah. doesn't work. But it's like, but people don't understand. Like that's a week of work. Like if your YouTube video gets fucked, that's your views for the week. They're, they're gone. They have, they have disappeared. So now you have to figure something out. Do you make a new video? Do you half-ass something? Do you recycle some of your content? Oh, by the way, TikTok has decided that they're going to, uh, the links update. So if you make a giant list of like links for TikTok, so you can re reuse it on other platforms, they change those links every couple of months so you have oh. to go back and resort all of the videos Damn. which i learned today when i was trying to make compilation videos for my youtube channel like it's it's the amount of work that goes into this job it's so fucking much you know and I, I just feel like i don't get to talk about that part as much so thank you for I, letting me talk yeah, about no, it that's yeah. what this podcast is for kitty i you know i feel like a lot uh, and maybe i i don't know too much about tiktok honestly it's like the it's business terrible. side don't it sounds awful it's it sounds terrible ter it sounds like the worst fucking Dude, platform it's the worst fucking thing it's fine it's i have so many horror stories i have so many horror stories but i mean like the the really good example is like if you have a like so the creator fund if you live in the united states because it's only you know it's the number also changes like it's not like a fixed number you know but it's like i think i've made total and i'm not even supposed to talk about it i'm like literally not supposed to talk about it or i could get in trouble but i don't care leroy do you need me to bleep um, you <laughs> nah, leroy jenkins i don't care anymore i give up um but i think all total for 
making five videos a day every single day for almost three years for TikTok. I think I cumulatively made maybe twenty one hundred dollars, maybe something like oh. that. Um, and that's that's counting like videos that have gotten seven million views, eight million views. Like I think my that's top, absurd. My top five videos, like the top one, I think is like twenty some million, something like that. And that's I I think so I made a hundred dollars wow. when my video hit. Like it's there's nothing. It's not there's no money in TikTok. But TikTok that's... also makes it extremely difficult to promote any platform where you're making money yeah. like Twitch or a podcast or God forbid you mention you have an OnlyFans. And so it's an extremely difficult platform. It's an extremely difficult platform, um, especially if you're just starting out. Yeah, I, I have a five and a half hour rant that I will treat you to sometime over tequila um, to, to, to yell about how much I hate TikTok. Um, Do you say over tequila? Over tequila. I get real. Oh, out. okay. What kind of tequila do you like? I don't actually like tequila. That's the thing. It oh. just makes me more angry and then I just get more mad about TikTok. Oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, uh, whiskey ginger is my drink of choice. If you're oh, okay. Okay. Um, I owe you a drink at Gen Con. Yeah. Oh my God. Fuck. What is Gen Con? August? Okay. Is it always August? I think, I think it's I always in August. I don't know. It, I I'm went to my first new. Gen Con this past year, so I don't, I don't know shit. It's my favorite. <laughs> it's Pax Unplugged and Gen Con are my two favorite cons. It's just like, it's the vibes are immaculate. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I had anyway, so much fun this last time. Back. Yeah, I, had, I went to. I didn't think that there was such a thing. And here's here's what fucking blew my mind. All right, and this is <laughs> last thing because I know we both got to go. Um, I did not I really know. <laughs> there you go. You go. You go. <laughs> I did not fucking realize that there was such a thing as TTRPG groupies. And then I went to Gen Con, and I was just like, okay, okay that's. Okay. <laughs> Can I tell you one last story for the yes, road? Yes, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I, okay, remember I was joking, the no, nothing in theater school prepares you for whatever. You know what they don't fucking prepare you for? Somebody walking up to you cosplaying as your own fucking character. That shit, oh my God. That shit is, it's, every, I weep every time it happens. It happens a weird amount now too, because it's like I've done enough TTRPGs where people just started dressing up like my characters. Holy shit. Cause it's like, it's not just like the, like, oh, that's cool. You like met a person and they're like, it's like, no, that person listened to your content enough, get into it enough to like decide and then build a whole fucking costume and then pack that costume to come to the convention and then put on that costume and walk around the convention and then come fi like, I'm like, the, the, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's the most incredible fucking thing in the entire world. And like, no, there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing that prepares you for that moment at theater school. And I high five, like, it's just like oh my god yeah <laughs> just like the... groupies totally a thing yeah um not to say that if you cosplay you're a groupie uh i meant something entirely different but <laughs> wait what did you mean wait do um, i not know about a secret a secret thing um so we'll talk about that in a moment but it, i am now asking everyone to cosplay katie's character so that <laughs> she can cry at gen con just repeat just Listen. profusely um no i just meant like um like when you the the after parties at Gen Con and oh. like yeah yeah and then I was like in the bar and I was like this is interesting and I was seeing like you know the the people who are on like big streams and stuff I was like okay that's interesting I not expected that but okay oh, um, yeah that's, yeah that I mean that's 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 the thing but also I don't know I go to a lot of BDSM conventions for for the other part of my job and so like yeah I'm I'm used to weird shit happening at hotel bars. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Fair enough. I, you know, I actually just started to get into that kind of thing and I discovered, of course, we're talking about this like right before we have to go, but okay. I discovered that I'm into impact and I had no idea prior to that. 
and um well, that'll be i guess the next time we'll talk about that the next time you go it'll be so good it'll be good we'll have this is this has been i really feel like we've learned a lot about both dollars and dungeons so we did a great job. it's dollars and dragons katie dollars and it says right there i don't know i was, well, I was thinking about bdsm dungeons after, i was making a hilarious joke about after all of hilarious that play on saying words. that you need to make sure and watch the content before you okay all right it was really good I really, I really biffed that. That was great. I was proud of that. I tried for like a really funny joke and then just like was like, oh, that didn't, didn't work. No, it's okay. It's I love you, Katie. Anyway, right. thanks for listening to Dollars and Dragons. Bye. <laughs>